Anyway, we love Twilight. It's true, we do. <laughs> Just like wholeheartedly. Hi everybody, I'm Maya. I'm Melissa. And I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your Twilight, Twilight phase. phase. That one was good. That one felt good. Listeners. I felt that in my bones. What's up? Sorry that the world sucks. We're recording yeah. this Saturday morning, which is much later than we normally would, and <laughs> we're not happy. And it the was world a week. is terrible, and you know, at this point, it's just like, all right, the world is awful, but we got to keep going. Yeah, let's show up and talk about Twilight together. Yeah, the one That's thing that makes us happy. <laughs> the one thing that gives my brain any serotonin <laughs> so wait there's another thing it. that gives me serotonin what? it's free Listening? stuff oh. i love free stuff oh you, damn it we went to a different segue <laughs> <laughs> um we're gonna do a full bonus episode later where we talk about like other vampire media that we've been consuming lately but i want to give a shout out to all the amazing people at mcmillan who sent us copies of vampires never get old it's an anthology that just came out subtitled tales of fresh bite edited by Soraya cordova and natalie c parker Woo. i started reading last night and it slaps <laughs> it's, it's awesome. short stories right yeah I'm Which, normally not super into short stories. I was going to say, but I feel like now's the time. But like, I really, I don't know if it is because it's harder to pay attention to a novel right now, or if just because like, this is my interest. So it was easier, but I have really been enjoying it. What was it? I think there's been like one short story collection that I was super into. And it was that Stephanie Perkins one about Christmas. Oh yeah. I know exactly that what is... you're talking about the most Melissa thing with ever. all the like little people ice skating yeah really yeah. yeah 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 that one well, listeners, I don't know if this has come up but a very important fact about Melissa is that she's obsessed with Christmas it's just it makes everyone happy I don't, I don't think we've ever talked about time it. of the year and there's just so much joy September 26th, Melissa always posts like, only one more year until Christmas. <laughs> That's uh, December 26th. Oh, yeah, sorry. September. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. wait, there's like three months? What? I messed that up. I've been listening to Christmas music since like, I mean, I don't think I really stopped. Isn't it just year yeah, round? Always. Yeah. Yeah, there's, no, there's yeah. no cutoff. The whole point is that you have just joy and cheer for your fellow people. I don't understand why we don't subscribe to that all year. It's very sweet. It's very nice that you love Christmas. (laughs) But yeah, so anyway, we're reading this short story uh, book about vampires. I haven't read it yet. I haven't started it either. I'm too busy finishing A Discovery of Witches, which is also new vampire media for me. So good. I've only talked about it every other episode of the goddamn <laughs> podcast. Melissa was like, text me every moment that you're doing it. <laughs> I was it's like, okay. Truly a Twilight for adults who what was it that you said, Olivia? It was so perfect I said for non mormons I said it's twi- it's Twilight, but Bella is a witch and it was written by 
a secular person for adults instead of by a Mormon for teens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. That's what it is. I typically don't want to read things for adults, but maybe that attitude is just really limiting. Maybe I would like adult books if I gave them a shot. Yeah, you would. Some of them. There now, are some of them. Some. Yes. Some of them are stupid and don't. Most read them. of them are stupid. But I would argue. There are some books for adults that are good. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about that way more later because yeah, there's we're gonna do a whole too episode. much to get to. We also have a couple of listener letters to get to. Yeah, we're so gonna save it. we have a couple about midnight sun that we're gonna save because we're so close to getting to midnight sun but we do mm-hmm. have a couple to read in the meantime so cj wrote in our perpetual guide to what is in the twilight guide thank you cj thank you cj and obviously <laughs> CJ. last week we complained a lot about this whole voltory skin thing unsurprisingly stephanie has an answer for us <laughs> Some very old vampires are visibly different from others because of the stillness. If a vampire remains unmoving often enough over thousands of years, dust actually begins to petrify in response to the venom-like liquids that lubricate his eyes and skin. That's fucking disgusting. It doesn't make any sense because, like, how long would you have to be unmoving? A milky film covers the eyes, making the irises appear pink in color. Again, the vampire's eyesight is not compromised. Of course not. Of course not, because they're perfect. It's kind of gross. I hate it, honestly. It's a little, like, strikes me as, like, back explaining things. 100%. illogical, because they feed, what, like, every two weeks? Right. I don't think two weeks is long enough. For, for dust to, to start, petrify. Like, I don't think they have to eat every two weeks, though. I think, they can right. go, like, like, I don't think they can die of starvation. But, like, why would they, they get uncomfortable if they don't, right. so, like, why would they suffer? Right, if you're, like, the supreme being vampire. I don't know, maybe you've been alive for thousands of years and you're just, like, just so need to bored. feel. I just, yeah, I'm over this right now. I'm gonna, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's clearly the case here's the thing we ask a lot of questions on this podcast like I love (laughs) diving into the minutiae being like this doesn't make sense in the text like what is going on here and there are so many authors now like it's so easy to provide the answers outside of the novel like online or on their website or in Q&A's and blah 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 and like I don't I know that I'm literally asking the question but I don't know if I actually want to know the answer. If it's that petrified dog? dust, then I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> Just let us live in the unknown, Stephanie. <laughs> Since the answer is out there, I want CJ to tell me what it is, but I oh, don't absolutely. want Stephanie to have supplied it in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I maybe it's like an obsession with wanting the text to speak for itself like yeah, I don't want to have true. to find this tidbit on her website for it to make sense to me right have it make oh. sense while you're reading it that is true art form really no it's too much to ask for <laughs> we're and like sometimes if it doesn't fit in the book then just let it go and it's fine but like right just leave it a mystery you know Tootsie Roll Pops they did that the world may never know. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I think you broke Maya. <laughs> I've never heard you laugh like that. <laughs> ha ha ha. Arvo began to chuckle. <laughs> that was purely a Stephanie laugh. Stephanie will she'll back explain as Olivia was saying anything endlessly she will explain to you why something is the way it is she literally wrote an entire extra book about that but she won't tell you anything about what happens to these characters in the future and it's just so interesting because like some authors won't tell you anything at all like they're just like nope the books speak for themselves like a John Green type John Green won't tell you anything and then you have like she who must not be named Oh, yeah. who will tell you sure. everything about the future of these characters and right. Stephanie is this like weird middle ground and I can't think of anyone else who does that I think it's because Stephanie knows that she's gonna keep writing like she kind of explained this in one of her again she has an answer for everything she kind of talked about this in one of the book launches one of the midnight sun launches because she was like well I'm not gonna tell you anything that affects the future of the characters because if I'm writing later which she knows she's going to because clearly these stories are not done in her head like there might be something that she needs to like use she gave the example of the birthdays like none of the other characters have birthdays stated and she was like what if I'm writing a book and it's the fall and I need somebody to have a birthday and I need it to be Emmett and I said randomly that Emmett's birthday is in March (laughs) so it's like kind of utilitarian I could see Alice being like, I mean, we have to celebrate Emmett's half birthday. Yeah, make it work. I think he's half 200 today. I think that Stephanie really wants to kind of have the world building of She Who Must Not Be Named. You know, like we always talked about how like JK had, you know, sheets of characters and like, you know, had all these details. But you know what? That's actually not necessary and really has only ever served Harry Potter. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, Stephanie, you did fine without all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? J.K. Rowling sucks. You don't really yeah. like her. Stephanie, do, be yourself. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to read a little bit from Angie's email. Thanks for writing in, Angie. Hey, Angie. Um, Angie, I loved this one. This is such a nice email. She just found us when she was digging deeper into her second Twilight phase after Midnight Sun and just getting furloughed, which sorry to put you on blast, but like so did all of us. So we relatable. (laughs) Twilight came along for me at the perfect time in the winter of 2007. I was in the middle of a divorce dealing with the ending of the Harry Potter series and had the flu. (laughs) I was on my way to the doctor. I was listening to a Harry Potter podcast. And one of the hosts was talking about the series where a girl can do the Cruciatus curse with her brain. So which is how we explained. We the same that's how we, yeah, there. that's what we call Jane. Um, also, we mentioned Joseph Beth. She's from Lexington, but in Florida now. Oh, Angie. Look, the Lexington Joseph Beth is the best Joseph Beth. Everybody who has the means, please go order a book from your local independent bookstore. Please. Please order from the Lexington Joseph Beth. (laughs) Or do that. Um, I don't know if y'all know, but you can order a 
book and support an indie bookstore anywhere in the country pretty much by ordering on bookshop.org and just picking Dope. the book that you want to order from it does not yeah. have to be your closest book. yeah eric write in and tell us what your store is so we can tell people to buy from you yeah we have yeah. a listener who's just opened a bookstore let's all support eric eric tell us okay the only other thing that i want to add is that also we mentioned tarot and angie was like i have to say hello um and she mentions we need a twilight tarot she has a lord of the rings one has anybody seen a twilight tarot I don't know if the world needs this, but I will purchase Does it. Does the world it need any tarot deck that's not an original tarot deck? Yes. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> Mine. Hers. Hers. Have- the Wild Unknown. That's the only one we need. <laughs> but we need it- the Rider Waite and the Wild Unknown. That's I it. argue that anyone can connect to any tarot deck, but Twilight Tarot in specific seems like a cash grab okay, and outside the of the sphere of tarot okay i'm gonna argue for it just okay. to argue for it i think I love that. so the tarot is built on archetypes and making mm-hmm. a tarot deck based on a fandom could be a way for people new to tarot understand the tarot archetypes even quicker because it's like okay well like i could like think through who the hierophant is and like what that like means or it could just be carlisle and i was like oh yeah a carlisle right it's a gateway deck That's (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah maybe i'm too focused on the intentions behind creating a twilight tarot deck when really probably it would be a cash grab but if it's just like a fan who wants to make a tarot deck i think oh i totally support that we have a friend, Kate, who I think has abandoned this project, but was attempting to turn Pokemon cards into yeah. a tarot deck. And I feel okay, like she's very much in the spirit of far. that. It's like just taking a thing you love and combining it with another thing you love. Exactly. If you happen to work for a corporation, then they turn it into a cash grab. I loved it. She was really good. <laughs> Angie, thank you for writing it. All right, fam. Who's on the recap? It's not me. I think it's Maya. All right. Chapter 24. <laughs> Vote. <laughs> Bella comes, has already come to her, like, realization that she's awake in the last chapter. So in this chapter, this is the one where she's like, all right, let's go talk to your family then. Let's see what they have to say. So they're running through the tweet. Like a boss bitch. I said they're running through the trees. They're running through the trees. Um, they like stop before they get to the house um, and they talk even more. It's really great. It's really angsty. And it's a good talk. Bella's like, yeah, so I did do some dangerous stuff while you were gone, but it's only because I wanted to hear your voice. And Edward's like pissed, but trying to play it cool because um, his <laughs> girlfriend's cool. mad at him. And <laughs> and she at first her response is to lie to him but as she's lying to him she's like wait this is real she's like you know I think deep down I believed that you always loved me and that's why I heard your voice and then she's like wait a second you did always love me that's why I heard your voice and like the big realization of this Mm -hmm. chapter is that Bella recognizes that Edward always loved her um 
and that their bond can never be broken. Then they get to the house, they put it to a vote. Edward immediately is like, no. Um, Basically, everyone else is like, yes, except for Rosalie, who's like, I wish someone could have voted no for me. Um, And so that's it. Bella's going to become a vampire. She's like, now? And everyone's like, maybe later? (laughs) (laughs) Then we go into our epilogue, which I am scrolling forward to see the name of. It's Treaty. Um, Bella's in a ton of trouble. She's coming home from work one day and, like, can hear Charlie screaming at her. (laughs) Charlie's like, Isabella Marie Swan, I see his car. You get in here this instant. Um, But she can't go in because, one, she knows Charlie's going to kill her because Jacob has brought her motorcycle home and Charlie's a cop. He's against motorcycles. And Jacob's just, like, waiting in the woods to see what will happen. So Bella and Edward go to confront Jacob and Edward's like, I just want to thank you for keeping her alive. And Jacob's like, don't talk to me. I don't like you. (laughs) Bella, I only did this so that, you know, you'd be grounded and you wouldn't be able to hang out with Edward anymore. And she's like, I'm already grounded, you idiot. I went to Italy. Of course I'm in trouble for that. Um, And they have a moment where they like reach toward each other, but like their fingers don't touch and um Jacob's like I'll try to find a way to keep my promise I still want to be your friend but also simultaneously he's like I could never be around you ever again um and it comes back to Romeo and Juliet again and it's unnecessary and that's the end of the book it's really good (laughs) (laughs) all right that was pretty good but you forgot what I think is the most important moment which one where he oh my proposes gosh. <laughs> literally after I said which one I was like <gasps> yeah also in vote Edward's like okay um how long would you wait to be a vampire and Bella's like I mean not long and he's like okay but like if you could have anything and she's like I would want you to change me which is like why do you care so much that's weird but whatever <laughs> he's like okay fine just marry me and she's like, okay, so if we go to Vegas right now, you'll make me a vampire. And he's like, yes. And she's like, damn it, you know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and then the other piece of this chapter is that poor Charlie is just like thrown for some whiplash. And she's like, we're a package deal now, Charlie. Sorry, you just have to deal with it. It's like, poor Charlie. And then, to be a good dad. <laughs> and then at the end of Treaty, the part about the treaty is that um, the werewolves are protecting anybody from being bitten, not murdered. So if they bite Bella and change her, then they break the treaty. That's the piece of it. So Maya, you were high on style. We did miss a few things, so I'm going to give you a six. A six? That's fair. I'll take six it. and a half. I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> my six and a half. You know what? You guys gonna give always me ask. Because I, all I said was a six, and then I got an extra half a point. <laughs> like, always advocate for yourselves. You just never know. <laughs> I'll take you it. Give me the seven. Thank you. Seven. Oh, it's not bad, Maya. It's not bad. Okay. So, this I vote, highly entertained. I did want to give um, Edward some credit that, like, he's not happy about this. 
but Bella's like, okay, well then we're gonna go boat. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, he goes along with it. He's like, tosses her over his shoulder and they're out the door to go to this boat. Right. And yeah, we see how Bella- like, unhappy about it. He's like pouting and- He is pouting. Throwing mini tantrums. <laughs> he's pouting about it. He's and- such a baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> when Bella is on Edward's back, like this is a thing that she fucking hated doing. Like. The last time we saw her run on his back, she was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I hate this. I'm going to throw up. She and now she's like, wow, sick. after all this time, it's just like routine, easy. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then she keeps her eyes open while he's running when, like, previously she would have fainted and vomited if she'd kept her eyes open. Yeah. She's like, the speed was motion sickness. It doesn't so like, go away. I guess she's a totally different person now since love changes you decided yeah. that she is an adrenaline junkie fixed her inner ear balance <laughs> all right i think it's it's more like over that summer they did this all the I time suppose, but we didn't get to see but it we didn't get to see it and we didn't hear about it also honestly she needs like some form of glasses you know like <laughs> dogs sticking their head out of the car it's true. What if, like, a Wind bug gets in her face? Oh my God, yeah, like, goggles. she's probably getting, like, hit by so many, like, random ass things. No, uh, Edward's <laughs> eyes are just so good that he, he dodges see. the bugs. Yeah. He dodges the bugs. He dodges, like, the particles of dust that could get in her eye. And onto his skin, should he become too inert. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, so, um, at, like, Edward goes, I'll earn your trust back somehow, he murmured mostly to himself, if it's my final act. Uh, we recently Wait, read Why? Article. why did he say that? Bella is like, you know, like, I'm still not 100% convinced this isn't a dream, but I don't want to wake up. <laughs> and he's like, I'll make you trust me. Uh, we just like, as the Twilight Face people recently read an article that ranked all the murmuring in oh, Twilight. So, so I just good. wanted to call this one out. <laughs> that was a great article. Expertly written so article. Good. Yeah, it was good. My favorite was, she was so quiet, she didn't even murmur. And it's like, okay, so now we're also discussing when they're not murmuring. Not murmuring? <laughs> what? Bella is still, she's like, well... I don't trust myself to be enough to deserve you. There's nothing about me that could hold you. So it's like, you Bella needs a self-esteem. This is all Edward's fault, too. He yeah. Did yeah, he's the one who lied and left. Right. Yeah. Like, no, Bella, trust yourself here. You had the extremely legitimate reaction to all of this. And now he's back right. and guess what? You're having trust issues. That's very normal. And now he's, tr- he's trying to be convincing but I don't really feel like he ever, like, apologizes. It's hard for him, I think, to apologize when he really... He knew that it truly, was the right choice. Yeah, like, thought that it was best and was like, yeah, well, how could did. I not try that when your right. soul is on the line? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the reason he's back now is because he's, like, too weak. And, like, that's what he apologizes for. He's like, I'm sorry, right. I'm such a selfish monster. That like and, an like, apology. not leaving her with enough protection. Right. Yeah. Because like, he okay, didn't well, think that she needed that. But he should have like, known. Edward, what has really affected her are your direct actions. Right. 
Yeah, it's not hanging out with werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. Apologize for your actions. She's obviously also really self-conscious about the whole hearing his voice thing because she's really unclear what these hallucinations were about and like why it happened and she doesn't really want to tell him. (laughs) I mean, it was a real like questionable moment for her. Uh, We said that many times. So I understand why she's like hesitant to be like, also, FYI, uh, <laughs> I, I was riding motorcycles to get a hallucination of you. I just Don't worry about wanted it. to hear your voice. Oh my gosh. I, she doesn't tell him about the time where she like walks towards the people who remind oh. her oh, he of the people in Port She's Angeles. taking that to her grave. Yeah. yeah. Oh definitely. my God. Like, Can you imagine? Definitely. Not, not for anything. Like, towards the end of breaking down where she like lifts off her shield so edward can finally read her mind and she like skips through all their memories together i bet she just skips that one just like nope like not even skips all of this (laughs) skips straight from the beginning of new moon to the end of new moon (laughs) i want to talk about something way at the beginning of new moon we started talking about how edward like stole all of bella's stuff and hid it under her floorboards Yep, yep yep readers we are here We are now at that moment where we learn what happened. Bella's like, "Uh, so since you're back, can I, like, have my items? And he's like, you actually had them all along. I wanted to leave something of myself with you, so all your stuff, they're all under your floorboards. So actually, she didn't have them all along, because if she doesn't know they're there, then it doesn't doesn't count. That doesn't count. Yeah. And Bella is, like, really just so happy. And it's weird. And then she's like, I'm not sure, but I wonder. I think no, Mickey, he still I knew took your stuff the whole time. But like, so no. this is the beginning of this epiphany that she has about how the reason, let's see if I can even re explain it. <laughs> <laughs> the reason that she was hallucinating Edward's voice was that her brain deep down knew the truth which is that Edward still loved her. And so it was like the truth fighting to get to the surface of her brain. And so the only way that it makes sense that she had hallucinations is if it is objectively the truth that Edward always loved her. As if your subconscious can know the objective truth of the world. Okay, yes, that. It's like, even if this explains why your brain was doing a thing for you the underlying quote-unquote truth is just whatever your brain believes right so like okay maybe some part deep down of you always believed that edward really did love you but what's happening isn't explaining anything related to edward at all right and also what is your subconscious basing that information on so how does that prove like a truth outside of herself and just like the truth is not like an independent third party with its own like free will it's not like it's in her brain fighting to get out right like it's just like a truth that it's a thing that her brain believes can you imagine though if we all just like had the truths of the world just like trying to fight their way through to get out of us sounds our subjective opinions you're wasting your money 
Or I just have no opinions and then I am a font of objective truth. I love it. <laughs> I will say, even though it really doesn't make a ton of sense, I really loved the writing here. But what if? What if you sincerely believed something was true, but you were dead wrong? What if you were so stubbornly sure that you were right that you wouldn't even consider the truth? Would the truth be silenced or would it try to break through? Does that make sense? No. Did I really enjoy it? Yeah. A little. Yeah. Like she, she makes this completely unexplainable thing work. It, it sounds is... like it works until you like look up. <laughs> right. But like when you're reading you're like, it, you're like, okay, okay, like, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. Let me get I... there. I want to get there. <laughs> I, I'm sort of torn because I think that, of course, Bella's problem is her self-esteem. Like, she doesn't believe that she's good enough for Edward to love her. So on some level, she has to do work on herself right. in order to accept that. That's true. That's what people are talking about when they're like, you can't love other others fully until you love yourself. Because right, Bella because doesn't love herself enough to, to like accept that. and be in this love with Edward. And I guess Edward has, at other times, tried to convince her. He does a terrible job of it. But I, like, I kind of wish Edward was involved in this <laughs> epiphany, but, like, maybe it's fine that, like, no, I like this that is she a thing that Bella it. needs to do yeah. along. I think, I really like that she came to it on her own. Like, I can speak to someone who goes to regular therapy that <laughs> all of my best epiphanies have come to me. Just like when my brain makes connections that I don't understand why it didn't make before. Uh -huh. um, so like that felt really true. Right. Um, her reasoning behind it doesn't that ring true. Sense. But like, you know, that's the thing about epiphanies. They don't always have to come from, you know, like <laughs> rational thought. Um, <laughs> but like, it's not even like a realization about herself. Like, it's not even like, right. oh, I am enough. It's like, oh, right. I'm worthy actually of this. Right. Exactly. She, she just, doesn't she even come to love. Right. She doesn't even come to like, I am worthy of love. She just right over. Yeah, that's love. the middle part that we needed. She instead goes straight from, you know, like, oh, I am unworthy of this love. I'm not anywhere near as good as like Rosalie, and she skips straight to, oh, you do oh, love he me. Loves me anyway. Completely, but like we just like skipped that middle of like okay I am as worthy of this love as someone right. like Rosalie yeah it's hard because we're in a world with vampires and like these vampires are held up as superior beings and Bella wants mm -hmm. to be one of them so she's never gonna look at herself in her human form and be like I am enough and perfect right. as I am right when she's like when she tries to be a vampire, other thing, right? Exactly. So, like, that's where the disconnect is. I think mm -hmm. is that yeah, Bella that hasn't reached that point where she's like, "I am good as I am, and therefore deserve the love that you are giving me now." When I am trying to become the quote unquote better version of myself. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why she's so fucking desperate to be a vampire. Yeah. Maybe. Oh yeah, totally. So then they get to the house, Edward calls out everyone's names with no more volume than Bella would use in regular conversation and he calls them out one by one which I thought this was so Esme. weird Bella. just be like hi everybody hey everybody hey, it's not like he left anybody Carlyle. out it right. wasn't yeah. <laughs> Carlisle Esme Rosalie Emmett Jasper Alice why the fuck would you do that in your own home you'd walk like, in and be like bam. yo everybody get down here 
get the fuck out here. Like, how weird is, I thought that was so bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's literally your family. It's everybody. It's every single one of them. Everybody who's in the house. <laughs> like, going into, like, my grandma's house, like, grandma, Aunt Annie, Aunt Barbara, mother, like, what? Cousin Shay, like, cousin Chad. Showing up to, like, the lunch table at work. <laughs> I'm being like, Melissa, Maya, Kate, Jess, Ben, Jess, Josh, Alia, Shelly. <laughs> Our next production meeting, I'm going to log on to be like, hi, everyone. I'm going to be like, Melissa, Irene, Elizabeth, <laughs> Melissa, Olivia. <laughs> and then he says, I'd like to talk to everyone at once, if that's okay. Oh, sorry. Bella says that. Um, yeah, Bella is fucking normal. Yeah. <laughs> Bella, okay, so through these two chapters, I just thought again, Bella is consistently the one that, like, comes up with good plans and makes yeah. good decisions, and it's Edward's true. like, no. And, like, again, I'm gonna say it, like, I think that this is Bella's decision, but it is, like, mature of her to be like, right. look, me becoming a vampire isn't just me becoming a vampire, it's me becoming a Cullen, because right. clearly that's what we're she never wants. gonna be apart. Right. And... So I want you all to know if you want to spend forever with me. <laughs> very it's, mature. It is mature because, like, she is being very vulnerable. Right. Uh-huh. They, even though she knows how most of them are going to vote, she could be surprised. She's putting herself out there. Right. As she mentioned, she's like, no. I have no idea how Jasper is going to say. And she right? obviously has, like, zero hope for Rosalie. So, like, and she doesn't, like, she's pretty, like, even keeled. She's just like, look, I just want you to vote. So just vote. And then she sits there and she's like, okay, okay, okay. It's the power of a good night's sleep. <laughs> I think she also genuinely believes that, you know, if they all, if they, like, kind of know the consensus of no, then she's like, all right. I think she would have been like, okay, you could figure forever. something else out. <laughs> She's like, then I'm going to go to the Volturi because yeah. I'm not, not going to put you guys in danger. Yeah. Right. And so before the vote, Edward airs his like dumb plan. I mean, it's so like stupid. It's a plan. It's, it's not terrible. nothing, but it's, it's like not a good plan. It's not a good plan, which is what it's like really treated as. Emmett's like, good plan, bruh. The whole plan is that the Volturi depend on Dimitri who is a tracker and Dimitri's tracker talents won't work on Bella because nobody's talents work on Bella so they'll just continually hide her whenever guess what there the are other trackers just get another James right. we got very a listener letter who was it from one of the listeners wrote in about this and was like, like Dimitri yeah and was like look they say he's a thousand times better than James. James, James was good won. enough to get Bella. And therefore, day. someone better than James will also definitely get Bella. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny because like this comes right on the heels of Edward being like, Yeah, that whole time that I was gone, I was sort of trying to track Victoria and failed miserably. Like I was very bad at it. I was either sitting in a corner being sad or failing to track Victoria. They're so, so used to being good at things <laughs> that even when their experience shows them that they're bad at something, they're just like, oh no, we can do that. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then it, it falls completely along gender lines where Jasper and Emmett are like, sick plan, bro. And also, Marcus <laughs> sees relationships between people. So all you need is Marcus and Dimitri to go together. They see Edward Dimitri's like, well, I'm not sure where Bell is. And Marcus but is like, I can, I can sense it. We got this. 
Right. That's also unexplained. Like, even though their powers don't work on Bella, you know, what's his name can still see, like, That's true. Like, some like, of them clearly work on her. Jasper works on Jasper her. works on her. Alice it's works on her. The mind ones that don't work on her. And, like, how does Edward know how Dimitri's talent works? Exactly. Like, I mean, he's also, a mind reader, but... But also, Bella is incredibly easy to find, as yeah. we discovered. Like, she's yeah. a human with human, like, connections exactly. she's not a vampire like, she's not like victoria who can just like escape easily away. as her power or whatever <sighs> um and then probably one of my fa- my favorite lines of this is you know when uh emmett is like excellent play my brother <laughs> and edward stretched out his arm to smack emmett's fist with his own and i'm just like picturing like these stupid as was i'm not even picturing he's like smacking his fist <laughs> <laughs> palm open smack like, like edward like doesn't even know how to do the broke this film he's just like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i did a good job yeah. i love bella here because she's just like okay well edward has offered an alternative for you to consider <laughs> like now that we've listened to my boyfriend's dumbass plan it's like Let's not even whether my plan down. is better plan. Right, exactly. And I'll vote yes, except for Rosalie, who says, I wish there had been someone there to vote no for me, which I do appreciate. But I also, do appreciate like, it's, that. But like, Bella is voting for herself. And Bella's own vote for herself is yes. So, Right. I mean, I think that Rosalie is coming from a place of, like, you don't truly understand what you're asking for. Yeah, that's, that's how true. I feel about that's it, true. too. That's true. Um, like, even like, though you think that you want this. Right, like, you don't There you is don't a no vote involved know. in this. That's true. Um, I want to read her whole line, because it's a real justice for Rosalie moment, and we move right past that's it. That's true. Um, she says, let me explain. I don't mean that I have any aversion to you as a sister. That's some real Rosalie like, growth. That's yeah. a, the biggest that's growth. We didn't ever. know that. Like, that's... that's news he's never said that that's a 180 100% it's just that this is not the life I would have chosen for myself I wish there had been someone there to vote for me and I feel like this life she's referring to like not being able to have children not being able to grow old with my family like all these things that were taken from her like I really feel for her in this moment because she's watching someone just like headlong hurdle into Mm -hmm. this forever with somebody Mm -hmm. and give up all these things that she knows she might regret one day Mm -hmm. that rosalie knows bella might regret one day and i'm like rosalie is trying to do what she thinks is right even though she knows that it's going to make her unpopular it might hurt bella's feelings edward isn't like even though edward also wants the vote no edward's like not gonna like rosalie more Mm -hmm. right now like, this is a genuinely for Bella moment. Yeah. True. Justice for Rosalie. She says she wouldn't choose this for herself, and she does also have an epic love. Like, she has Emmett and has met Emmett through this life, but she's still like, okay, but if I still wish someone would have been there to say something else, like, you know, to choose something else for me. So, like, I'm acknowledging that you do have like great things in this supposed new life, but also you're not thinking about everything. Everything that you're leaving behind. I think them just moving on from this also indicates that they've probably had some complex conversations about this because you could interpret this as like, 
her resenting Carlisle oh, or yeah. not being happy enough with Emmett right. to accept her life. So, like, I feel like probably they've all talked about it a lot or this would be, like, a revelation or, like, an right. uncomfortable Which they do kind of get into in Midnight Sun. Right. I appreciate that they kind of get into this in Midnight Sun. I mean, not really to any depth that I would have wanted. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. definitely, you kind of get the idea that this is something that is just, like, has come up before, and they're yeah, like, they've yep, all dealt with this. We got it. Moving on. So you know they're a true family. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> then it gets to Carlisle. Quote, the vote that counted more than any majority. Let's not have votes for it. <laughs> and Carlisle obviously has a silent conversation with Edward in his brain, and he says, you've chosen not to live without her, and that doesn't leave me a choice, so... Carlisle it's also true. Votes yes. Yeah, like, Edward. what is Carlisle gonna say? Edward like, storms out. Oh, wait, no. First, Bella's like, okay, well, Alice, where do you want to do this? <laughs> and Edward pitches the biggest fit I've ever seen. He pitches, but also, he, like, he goes out and, like, throws things when they all unanimously vote yes. And then she's like, yo, let's do this. And he's like, what's wrong with you? Messed up. Yeah. No, no, no. So it's no, no italicized, no all caps. (laughs) Edward roared, charging back into the room. He was in my face before I had time to blink, bending over me, his expression twisted in rage. Are you insane? He shouted. Have you utterly lost your mind? Fuck this. This me? Really? Fuck this. If this were not fiction and we, like, didn't know these characters, what I would say is if he treats her like this in front of his family, think of how badly he must treat her in private. This is truly an abusive ass ass reaction. It's scary. Oh, Violent, right, like, violent, you know, I don't, what what are the words I'm looking for? Just like expressing your anger through violence, even if it's not toward a person, is extremely like problematic yeah and like literally being you know inches from her face screaming at powering her, over her like that's not good it is truly just like a display of like dominance over someone that you want to decide something that more aligns with your own point of view and that's fucked up saying it's oh more... we disagree you're insane right yeah. it's stephanie using mental illness language she does this all the time she uses this a lot earlier in the chapter when bella is questioning why she had hallucinations and like not wanting to tell edward about it Mm -hmm. she's also like was i insane okay edward reacts very poorly alice is like oh i don't think i could do this right now people talk some sense into bella and are like it it makes no sense to do this now. Yeah, like, literally. It makes, it makes more makes sense to, like, sense. live our lives and you to wait two years and, like, graduate high school so that we don't all have to, like, fuck off right. in the middle of the year again. Right. Like, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, she's literally like, well, why wouldn't we do it right now? Like, and then a there hundred like, reasons. A lot of reasons. <laughs> a lot she's of like, reasons. But the Volturia are coming. We don't yeah. know when, and they're like, yeah, but it's not now. Yeah, like, we're like, vampires. It's not going to be now. <laughs> they'll forget anything, about it for, like, a year, and then they'll come. If, right, it, like, if they needed it to be now, they would have just changed you in Italy. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. She hasn't even had her, like, reckoning with Charlie yet, so she's just no. like, 
listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to disappear now. for another three days. Yeah. <laughs> Come back. God. White so and beautiful. Yeah, she is dumb sometimes. Sometimes she has great plans. Sometimes yeah. she's dumb sometimes plans. She's like, <laughs> okay, so Edward finally, you know, he's like coming around, whatever. And then he's like trying to milk as many years out of her as possible. So this is Edward's first good plan. He's like, okay, what's the thing that you want more than anything? Like, if you could have literally anything in the world, Bella picks for Edward to change her into a vampire, which, as I said, is pretty dumb and not useful, but, like, if we're in it for the vampire aesthetics, it makes sense. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, the vision of the vampire thing is, like, a vampire over you, turning you into a vampire. There's, like, and, like, the reality of it is not sexy. Right. It's not good. It's not sexy it's not cool but she is clearly not on the realism level right no she is not I wanted to just like lightly bring up another like vampire lore thing that comes up when I read discovery of witches which is like normally when you when a vampire changes someone they become like their pseudo parent right so like like the vampire that they change becomes like their child and like they have dominance over them and so it, later in the book, they're like, if you're a romantic couple, you would never change oh, the person that you're like in a relationship with because that changes oh. the power dynamics. Interesting. So it should be Carlisle. It should be Carlisle. But Who like, has changed like the rest of them? That yeah, imagine if it had changed. been Alice. <laughs> that would be weird. It'd be like a weird sister relationship. That's yeah, my point. It. Okay, anyway. so Edward, the only thing. I don't really get this. Okay, so his condition is like, they're fighting over how many years she'll stay human, like, whatever. And then he goes, marry me first. Why does he want to marry her while she's human? Listen, I don't know that it matters. I just want to say that this proposal shocked me (laughs) when I read it. The first time, I did not see it coming. We were not like you were a teenager who didn't want to get married. But like, (laughs) it exploded my heart. Like, I think I like died and came back to life. It just like had never even occurred to me that like, I don't know, this proposal slash marriage would ever come up because, you know, they're always talking about eternity and vampires and right marriage in comparison to that is, is nothing really. But like preteen teenager me read this and was like, he also wants to marry her. (laughs) And I was like, I died. I died. Did I want to get married as a teenager? No. Did I want someone to want to marry me? Of course. on top of already agreeing to spend eternity with me yes that sounds dope they want everything they can possibly get with me of course i want that okay but like everything else in this whole series hinges on like edward wanting to marry her immediately and it's like you you just agreed to forever you're gonna get married like 20 times It's really, it's really stupid. Okay, it doesn't make but, any sense, but teenage me was all for it. If you see marriage as the, like, entwining of souls, right. you might be like, we should maybe do it while she still has <laughs> it. Have a soul. 
I guess it could also be like, well, right. I mean, Bella's human life can attend this marriage, which is like nice. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I love about this proposal is Bella thinks that it's like a joke and she doesn't take it seriously, and Edward is like hurt, and my like a little angst heart is like, oh, yes, more, please. <laughs> so good. I mean, I think it's probably also something we should state that I think, at least on my part, I'm extremely jaded when it comes to marriage. So is Bella. Right, exactly. And so, like, initially, I'm all for this. I mean, what what does she actually end up saying, though, is that um, her she doesn't believe in getting married so soon. And I was like, okay, well, that actually doesn't make any sense because you've literally agreed to be a teenager eternally. So no matter when you choose it, you're going to be a teenager. So that doesn't hold up <laughs> to me. Um, but I do agree that like generally the whole eternal thing outweighs a marriage certificate totally. But also I'm not Mormon. <laughs> um, so I'm coming at this from a different perspective. So that's the proposal. It's really yep. great. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I fucking loved it. Loved it. Yeah. So fun. I want to jump ahead. The only thing that we need, I think, to hit here is, like I said, Charlie reacts like a rational father. He's such a good dad. What the hell? Like, is he back? Like, he really hurt you? I don't know about him. Like, and Bella? Anywhere around him. Bella puts no effort into explaining anything about this. (laughs) Like, he's like, He's like, what happened? And she's like, I don't know. It's a big misunderstanding. Right. And she's like, okay, well, fine. If you're not okay with this, then I'll just move out. It's like, maybe you should, like, explain that, like, look, we made up. It's been really hard. And I'm sure it's hard to understand. But, like, you know, we've been talking a lot. And I, we talk a lot in LA, quote unquote. The reason I didn't call is because we talked for like three days straight. And I've changed my mind and I know this is hard, but like I want you, I want him in my life and I want you in my life. Right. But instead she's just like, sorry, Charlie, that's how it is now. Right. You got to deal with it. And like Charlie Um, has the extremely rational response that all of us would have if we were Bella's friends who also didn't know about the vampire situation. fuck, they're back together, like, this is wild, she was so close to being normal again, like, she was so close to being over him. Right, I'd be like, this is bad. Yeah, as Bella's friend, she wasn't aware of all the vampire shit, I would have been like, girlfriend, are you, like, truly self-destructive? Why would you do this to yourself? We gotta stay in So, like, honestly, yes, I'm here for Charlie questioning all of this. Poor Charlie. Uh, the line that I wanted to draw attention to is, Look, Dad, I accept complete responsibility for my actions, and you have the right to ground me for as long as you want. I will also do That's all fair. the chores and laundry and dishes until you think I've learned my lesson. You already she does do that all anyway. those things. <laughs> you already like, do that. She does already do all those things. I love that as a negotiation technique. <laughs> like, I will do these things you don't want to do. And she's actually giving up nothing at all. That's right. hilarious. Well, right and I was just like I don't know what grounding meant for other people but grounding like you know when I was a teenager if I had ever been grounded guess what I never had been because I was a goody two shoes <laughs> yeah um, I never got in trouble for that. right but like <laughs> if I'd been grounded part of grounding is 
not seeing people and like especially seeing oh, especially boyfriends. no boyfriend exactly so like i don't know what grounding yeah. is so moving life. into the epilogue bella is quote unquote grounded but gets to hang out with edward with because, a like, curfew of like 9 p.m which is reasonable for which is normal in high school like Wait, yeah i thought it was edward had to like come over to the house yeah they so can't go right anywhere after else. school and work she has to go right home but edward can but hang out can at come the house over. but like yeah, here's the thing that's what they would do anyway i'm sure that's what they would like maybe yeah. they used to hang out at the collins more but like they are so like intertwined yeah just like together don't all the care time. about who is around them anyways so like who right. cares where they are and then he gets to stay until nine right. i like, bet real like forks high students are really into like just driving you know <laughs> driving kind of getting around. in the car and just right. kind of driving right and so like you know bella's not allowed to do that anymore but she doesn't like edward's driving anyway it's too fast honestly also charlie could a thousand percent enforce like actual grounding and guess what edward would find a way around it she would just stay in her room all day or whatever you know like they would, would they out. would deal with it but instead they're like listen charlie this is the way things are. We're together all the time, always, and we're gonna fawn it in your face, and you can do nothing about it. We're together all the time, always, right in front of you. You're right. <laughs> so then there's this whole thing with Jake. Jake brings the motorcycle over to her house because he thinks that the reason he hasn't seen her, which like, okay, before all that, he refuses to pick up the phone. She yeah, she calls him and he won't pick up the phone. So. Uh, Right, and she's constantly with a vampire, so it's not like she's just gonna go to the push. Yeah, she literally can't go to his house, and he doesn't pick up the phone, and then he's like, oh, well, obviously Edward is preventing her from seeing me, so I'll just get her real grounded so that she can't see Edward, because Jake knows how real grounding works. And right. But also, like, real grounding would keep a vampire from... I don't know. Like, he already thinks Edward include, has so much control over her life. If it like, includes not seeing Edward, it would include not seeing Jake. So, what the fuck? They're all being so stupid. They're all being so dumb. So It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> Bella starts to think about Romeo and Juliet, Juliet again, like Mine said. We and gotta close out the book strong with Romeo She's and Juliet. like, the fairy tale was back on. Prince returned, bad spell broken. I wasn't sure exactly what to do about the leftover, unresolved character. Where was his happily ever after? I don't know. Living his fucking life? Being your friend? Like, he's yeah. not, like, leftover, leftover and discarded. <laughs> like, he has a crush on you. He can get the fuck over it and Why? be your friend. Why didn't we ever think that Jacob had a chance after this book? I like, never thought Jacob had a chance, which is why Eclipse is so never stupid. Never makes sense. <laughs> it's absurd. Every part of this is so silly and strange. And I, I want to make it about myself for a minute. Bella <laughs> and I share a flaw. We both think that we're like so interesting and it's all about us. Listeners, I cut all my hair off recently. I look amazing. Don't worry about it. But I like <laughs> yeah. expected more like comments from people. And for the most part, like no one has said shit. Uh, <laughs> and like one person messaged me. It was like, hey, your haircut looks really good. I was like, thank you. Um, I clearly like 
think that I'm just so interesting because I was expecting more people to say things, but they didn't, but that's fine. I think it'll roll in. Bella thinks that she's so interesting and such a main character, and obviously she is, but she doesn't know that. She thinks she's such a main character that she's like, Jacob's life is over without me in it. Right. No, it's not. He's fine. He's a werewolf. He has a lot going on besides you. Jacob is ruined for life. Now he can never like anybody else. He can never have a life without me. What am I supposed to do about like it's not your responsibility. And Jacob can have a fulfilling life with nobody in it romantically or with somebody who's not you. And he doesn't need to hang around you so that he can one day imprint on your baby. It's like, Bella, you've decided that this person doesn't mean as much as this person, and then you've decided that the other person is who you want to spend all your time with exclusively. So, like, yeah, don't worry what the other person that you dropped is doing. Like, you've made your choices. And then she remembers later. She goes, abruptly, I remember what had happened to Paris when Romeo came back. The stage directions were simple. They fight. Paris falls. So she's, obs- she's like, convinced that like, Jacob is so useless now that he's gonna get murdered. <laughs> also, you have already upset the Romeo and Juliet story. Neither by getting of back together died. by not dying, right? Yeah, so, like, guess what? You all can create your own fates. Like, <laughs> move on, please. And we start to get a hint of the, like, partly because of this Paris Falls obsession that she starts, um, we start to get the hint of Jacob and Edward just being, like, mortally pitted against each other with no interest in reconciling they cannot spend time with each other there's no options and that's just how their life is now and they both want to be with Bella all the time and they are going to refuse to see each other I'm like how immature do you have to be as a 110 year old vampire you know what be like sorry can't spend time with him I might accidentally murder him I mean for, what Jake is supposed to be like 16 yeah he's He's definitely a 16-year-old here, 100%. Let's remember that, please. Sure, sure. It's so annoying. But, like, Edward just went through the two hardest periods of his life. He went through the meadow, and then he got through being away from Bella, and he came back, and now he thinks that he won't have the self-control to not murder Jacob. Like, what? It really does make me think about Edward's age, because... When he's in, like, his relationship with Bella, I'm like, he's 17, it's whatever. But, you know, really, he's not. He's an old man. He has a lot of life experience. It's threatening to kill Jacob. He is, like, a grown-ass adult. Like, sorry, I might just murder this child. It is what it is. And, like, I'm upset. Like, I think that Stephanie has this thing of, like, being supernatural, making you... I don't know, almost like older in a way. Like, I think the wolves are sort of treated as older than they are, which right. interacts with race and teens. Because and they literally that. age faster yeah, they, up right. until like 26. And then they they literally aging. age more. And so she just treats it like they all are like exempt. But from Edward, is, we're supposed to believe, is eternally a 17 year old. Right. Like, uh, all right then you know what? Jake is probably going to surpass him soon in maturity. Does it actually happen? I don't know. (laughs) So we're at my best sentence, I think. I mean, I don't know for sure that it is, but it was a contender, so I'm just going to read it. 
Edward glanced back at Charlie's house. I followed his gaze and noticed for the first time what was parked in the driveway next to the cruiser. Shiny, bright red, impossible to miss. My motorcycle flaunting itself in the driveway. I was like, ooh, the word flaunting is pulling some weight good. in the sentence. That's a good sentence. Beautifully good sentence. done. Um, Charlie's fucking pissed. Charlie's like, get in here. Oh, also they fight over Victoria. This is when they're really wrapping up the book. Um, Edward's like, don't worry about Victoria. Like, we got her. And Jacob's like, she killed on our turf. She's ours. It's really stupid because Jacob doesn't want Victoria dead. He just wants to be the one who gets to kill her. Yeah. Like, right. Like, work together. Yeah. You have the same goal. True. Yeah, but they're fighting over who's going to kill her and, like, just... Just be like, yeah. okay, if you see her on your side... You kill her. Kill if her there. If you're on ours, we'll kill her. If it's kind of <laughs> in the middle, you know, we can blur the treaty line somewhat for the purposes of killing Victoria. Like Speaking of the treaty, Jacob has also sort of come to deliver a warning. Again, he's like the little messenger boy over to Bella to remind them that the treaty is quite specific. If any of them fight a human, the truce is over. Fight, not kill. And when Bella just goes, that's none of your business. He's like, oh, what the fuck? You actually, like, I actually had to say that? Like, this is on the table? Like, like what? <laughs> I honestly don't see why they're concerned about the treaty whatsoever. When they change Bella, they're not coming back to Forks until everyone who knew Bella is dead. Yeah, it's so like, like- it works Can't we work to the spirit of the treaty instead of the letter of the treaty? Like, clearly, the spirit of the treaty is you can stay if you don't harm any humans. Like, if Bella opts into this, but no, vampires are the scum of the earth, and if you change anybody into one. Right, so is the treaty not broken you. if they go onto their land and, like, break all their arms? I mean, Treaty's nope. already broken because Jacob broke the treaty I mean, yeah. in Jacob Twilight. The treaty. the treaty exists to protect the tribe. And like, the humans, right? It's really, so as we know from Midnight Sun, it's really about, like, the tribe. Because the tribe were, they were the ones, like, without defenses, you know? Uh-huh. So... The Cullens don't need to be in Forks. The tribe is staying where it is. Right. Also, couldn't they get around to this? Like, even if it is, I think it's, like, if they fight any humans in Forks, I feel like it applies outside of just the tribe's territory. But, like, can't they just, like, take a trip to Canada and change from Canada and then come back? (laughs) You break the treaty, then what do they do? I guess it's like they're supposed to move, but like they're gonna move anyways. Yeah. Right. But like, okay, like, th- so the tribe knows that they broke the treaty to make Bella vampire. So like, then it's what? a stalemate. Your move. If the tribe is like, we're big, we're strong, we're tough, we're werewolves now. Let's go fight come them. Kick them out. They do so with the knowledge that like, they might lose some of their own. Right. right. They could have just like, not done that. But if the treaty is for their own protection acting on a broken treaty is not in their favor exactly so that's why none of this is logical i mean the whole the whole series is not logical but you know what we bought in anyway 
Um, then we're, we get to the very end and you know what? Kudos to Stephanie Meyer. I really enjoyed this. Bella this says, is a good end of a book. I had some serious problems. My best friend counted me with his enemies. Victoria was still on the loose, putting everyone I loved in danger. If I didn't become a vampire soon, the Volturi would kill me. It's like, oof. And now it seemed that if I did, the Quileu werewolves would try to do the job themselves, along with trying to kill my future family. So Very serious problems. Good. But she has Edward again. I mean, shit. And we've, we just finished New Moon. We just finished going to do best sentence, worst sentence, but yeah, like, that's it. Too. Maya, is that definitely your best sentence? No, I'm going <laughs> to pick another one. Yeah, I'm do not you want to pick a better best sentence? I have another that I do really like, so I'm going to go find it. I have a best sentence. It is my best sentence because even when I first read it and read it again, I was like, yes, exactly. Like, um, it is when Bella is telling Edward that he doesn't actually believe he's eternally damned. Um, oh, yeah. If you really believe that you'd lost your soul, then when I found you in Volterra, you would have realized immediately what was happening instead of thinking we were both dead together. But you didn't. You said, amazing. Carlisle was right. And she says, there's hope in you after all. And I remember, it's just like, every time I read that, I'm like, yeah, you dumb-dumb. You lawyered him. showed you, son. Son? Um, I'm going to pick option three. Edward loved me. The bond forged between us was not one that could be broken by absence, distance, or time. And no matter how much more special or beautiful or brilliant or perfect than me he might be, he was as irreversibly altered as I was. And I would always belong to him, so would he always be mine. Aww. We can easily step outside this and be like, no, Bella, self-confidence, you're deserving, all these things. But, like, it is a perfect encapsulation of Bella's worldview in this moment. Like, just because we don't agree with her doesn't mean it's not that, like, we don't just, like, get her character's perspective here. And it's very convincingly romantic and, like, grand. It's it's really lovely. Great Mm -hmm. job, Stephanie. Um, My best sentence is right before that. Edward has just found out that she was risking her life in order to hear his voice, and he's, like, freaking out, and she goes, Shh. Hold on a second. I think I'm having an epiphany here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember so reading funny. that the first time and just being like, "Oh, it's so fun." Her oh, like Shepard's like freaking out, and she's like, "Shh, shh, shh." I, I'm figuring something out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a worst. Um, it's when they're voting. Esme opened her mouth to speak, but I held up one finger to stop her. Rude. You don't. I feel two ways about this. The comment <laughs> I actually wrote was very hard to do. Go Bella. Um, but like, I feel differently in this current moment, which is let Esme speak. She is great. Right. She is good. Let her have whatever she wants. I always feel like Esme has so few moments to like insert yeah. her own opinion. <laughs> Be anything. Right. I'm just like, let her, let her give us her own take, please. We already read my worst sentence, but I'm going to reread it because it's definitely my worst sentence. Mm-hmm. Carlisle, Esme, Rosalie, Emmett, <laughs> Jasper, Alice. It's awful. It's very awkward and strange. Uh, 
My worst sentence is when they are discussing Edward's plan to just hide Bella. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to read you the whole paragraph, but my, my worst sentence is the last sentence. And so he says, quite obviously, Alice will be able to tell when they're planning a visit and I'll hide you. They'll be helpless, he said with a fierce enjoyment. It will be like looking for a piece of straw in a haystack. And I'm like... Which would be easy for a vampire to do, by the way. They'd be like, straw smells different than hay. (laughs) The whole point of the needle in the haystack is that a needle is also already, like, just really hard to find. Like, you wouldn't be able to tell a needle from a piece of straw in a haystack. So saying that it'll be like looking for a piece of straw in a haystack means that you're just looking for everybody in the haystack and actually this metaphor really makes no sense and you sound really smug and it's a stupid ass plan you tell me (laughs) that's how I feel (laughs) you guys know like different roundhog day style stories where they're like living this day and they try all these different things I can just see Edward going through all his different options and they all end in disaster because all his plans are terrible they're all terrible (laughs) They're all terrible. Yeah, they don't utilize Alice here at all. Like, it really seemed like that was how they made all their decisions, but apparently not. Right, Alice was the real clincher. Maybe it's, like, too complicated, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Bella's, like, time for a revolution, you know? Well, everybody, get ready for a lot more of Alice's visions. (laughs) And a lot more of Edward's stupid plans. (laughs) We will be back with Midnight Sun in a bit. I don't know. We might take a week or two off. Yeah, I want to figure it out. Not that I don't love you guys and the listeners and Twilight, but like, I want a break from Edward. We're all just in between seasons, you know? (laughs) We'll take two weeks, let's say. I just need to let my brain have like a a moment of peace from Edward's (laughs) melancholy. (laughs) Please write in. Let us know your new moon thoughts let us know anything in particular that you want us to discuss in midnight sun let us know how you are if you need anything eric tell us the name of your store so that we can (laughs) order from you we just really love you guys and the world is terrible and bad but you guys are a real bright spot in our lives thanks for rolling i'm really glad you're here yeah fuck the world but also this podcast is great yay Email us with all those things that Maya said at twilightphasepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the pod, check us out at patreon.com slash twilightphasepodcast. Special shout out to Jillian, Melina, Bridget, Eric, and Samantha, our lovely patrons. You can all follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and twilightphasepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Olivia Valcarce. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mooring, and the dancing that you can't see during these credits is brought to you by Maya and Melissa. <laughs> we won't be back next week or the week after that, but we will the week after that. And if you don't we'll like be back it, in the future, you can bite me. <laughs> Guess what? They probably don't like it. So <laughs> you can bite Maya. You can bite me. <laughs>